This is the Mind Trading Podcast. I'm Jamie Usher. We're talking self-development and mental health. Welcome back. All right, in this episode, I'm joined by the incredible Lockie Stewart from the Man That Can Project. Now, Lockie is a performance coach. He's a podcaster as well. But Lockie works with men uh, to get the most out of themselves. That's, that's what he does, and he does it incredibly well. And what I love about Lockie, Ed, he's, does it, he does it in a, in a very structured way. There's, you know, he's, he's found areas where men um, can improve their lives, and they work around these kind of areas of, uh, areas of improvement, and I love that, that kind of structure and the way he does it. He's just a top, genuine bloke. I love Lockie. I love my connection with Lockie. Um, my, you know, new connection with Lucky. I really, I really love it. Really appreciate it. He's a, he's definitely a top guy. Uh, great energy, great passion, uh, and very authentic. I, uh, yeah, definitely get that from him. So yeah, I'm really appreciative of my new connection with Lucky. I'll be putting all his uh, podcast links and links to his socials and 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 everything else in the podcast show notes. So. I am sure you will enjoy this episode. When, uh, Lucky, when did you get into the performance coaching? Uh, I started performance coaching, I think, 2017. Okay. I never wanted, mate, like I, <laughs> I never wanted to be a coach. Even like when I was a PT and when I was playing footy, I was like, PTs and coaches are just like people who can't get a real job. <laughs> obviously my uh thoughts around that have changed significantly since because I, I didn't really i don't think i valued how much of an impact even like back when i was pt back 12 years 13 years ago and all coaches actually have on people's lives so it took like um being having people go thank you that's had a huge impact on me multiple times to go maybe i should make a business out of this like it's a cool position to be able to get paid to do what you love so let's let's do it yeah. So what areas of life do a performance coach help people with? I um, I came up with this thing, eight areas all men must master, mm-hmm. um, purely because I think for, for me and how I've lived my life and a lot of like how I've structured things have been around, and this is why I would only ever work with people that I'd have a beer with or like I feel I can truly help. I don't just, you know, I've turned away so many people because I don't believe I can help them. And mm-hmm. you know, some people might just take the money. Whereas for me, it's like, I'd rather have a good conscience and connect with people and actually be able to help than just yeah. get the money. But um, for me, one thing that and I was saying to this when we last spoke, like um, for me, I really wanted to have my shit together before I took those next steps in life, you know, like having a family or getting married and doing all that sort of stuff. But the two biggest pain points for me in the beginning were my emotional, mental and emotional well-being because I really struggled with, um, you know, jealousy and lashing out with anger and aggression, and I didn't really understand myself. So I, you know, had depression, had anxiety, had, fucking hated myself. Yeah. Um. So I knew that that was something that I had to de- deal with, and I didn't know really what, you know, I didn't have all the labels that I just mentioned. That I didn't know that. I just knew that shit wasn't going well, and I didn't feel very happy. Um. So I knew that I wanted to work on that because I wanted to be a good partner. I wanted to be a loyal partner. And if I would ever have kids, I wanted to be a role model that, you know, they would aspire to be like who didn't act the way that I acted or didn't, you know, behave, you know, I just wanted to be that great role model. And then from the financial point, like I wanted, I knew that um, how much stress 
financial stress that I was under and I didn't want to live my life like that because I knew that a bill could make me angry and I didn't want to take that anger home. I didn't want that to affect my quality of life. So for me, I was like, right, I need to address these two things. Um, Mm -hmm. And through addressing those things, other things popped up. You know, I Mm -hmm. realized that by focusing on those two things, I was sacrificing my physical health. So I was like, well, I'm I'm starting to not feel as good. I'm starting to not feel as confident in my body. So physical health has to then go back up there. I started neglecting my relationship because I was always like, I'm just working, man. I'm, I'm making money. And I realized that that could cause a heap of challenges in relationships from intimacy and then disagreements and how, the love that you felt, the connection that you felt. So I was like, right, oh, relationships. Yeah. Um, and while I was still neglecting, neglecting my mates for like five fucking years, I, I realized that when I did get a bit of success, I was like, who can I tell? I don't have anyone around me. So I was like, the boys need, or just my mates need to be a priority. I realized then it sort of started all forming to go, well, I actually need to be mindful of what kind of lifestyle I live, how many hours I want to live, where am I making time for the things that are important to me and how can I structure all of that sort of stuff. Um, And as I sort of started pulling my own mind ahead and the challenges that were popping it up, I just sort of categorized it. And um, I I did some coaching with a guy Mm -hmm. called Joel Brown, would have been 2015. And we did an exercise creating a 10-year vision. And it was, you know, like, what do you want your life to look like in those, um, well, not in those areas, but just in general. And <clears throat> I've gone back and done that since I sort of broke down those areas and been like, this mm-hmm. is this is roughly what I would love to see myself like or being or having um, in, you know, five, 10 yeah. years time from this sort of uh, space. And then I've just gone across there and been like, well, this is, this is how I want to work. So I guess for me, then from a performance coaching standpoint, yeah. I, um, you know, I'm not the expert. I would never be a financial advisor. I don't give a lot of financial advice or anything like that. Where I feel like <clears throat> I can help people is getting their habits, routines, and emotional awareness in play to mindset. Let's let's break that down to mindset to be able to then nail all those areas. Because I believe to be financially successful, to be a better partner, to be a better just a person, create a better lifestyle. They're the same principles. They're just transferable. Yeah. Um, so that's where I sort of come in and help people have a look at where they're at, where they want to get to and what's that gap, what's holding them back. Is it limiting beliefs, traumas, childhood stuff was, we've spoken about before, um, yeah. is the environment, and then just get them to ask, start asking questions about themselves and questioning their own, own way of doing things until they sort of start piecing it together and, and taking action on it. Okay. Yeah. I love that. I, I love that outlook. I guess that's the kind of things that I like to try and put out there as well. There's like, there's certain pillars in, uh, I guess, in uh, who we are and how we live, say the way we sleep, the way we eat, the way we exercise and all those, the way we kind of think about ourselves before we want any kind of success, these things kind of need to be relatively well balanced. So working on these things is going to need to be the number one thing before any kind of real success is probably going to come or any kind of financial security and that kind of stuff. Um, So a question I like to ask people, I'm really interested for you. So like you're, you said you're 30 now, didn't you? Yeah, 30. Okay. So lucky as a 15 year old. So get back 15 years. What what was lucky doing back then? Mate, I was up to no good. I was going through a rough, yeah, this was, yeah, 14, 15 was probably the most challenging uh, times of my life. It was the first time I experienced, um, a mate taking his life by suicide and sort of not really understanding everything that was going on. It was the point where, you know, I used to love skateboarding and stuff growing up. I was a, a really, 
self-conscious skinny kid and skateboarding was like my freedom you know yeah. you just get to be alone on the board and get in flow um, but I was also, you know, at school on a sporting scholarship. So I was a really good runner, but then, you know, because I was bullied, I was sort of like, well, fuck these guys. I was bullied by rugby guys who were my mates, you know, which is weird, but that's, yeah. I guess how the culture was. then. so I was like, I want to be footy guy, but obviously I was building this whole new me to try and fit in and to try not to be <coughs> uh, bullied. So yeah. I was acting in ways that I didn't want to, I guess acting, you know, I was, I was picking on people because that's what those people did. I wasn't, you know, skateboarding. I was trying to turn my nose up at running, which is what I really loved doing just because I was like, I was like that little, you know, I guess everyone has that rebel kickback at their parents or whatever. And because yeah. I was good at it, people were like, you could go, you know, you got to focus on this. You got to focus on that. Like, Fuck that. Like I'm footy. Yeah. Let's, let's play footy. Yeah. And um, it was probably the first time I was in like a, a good relationship, but I was cheating and lying and manipulating and full riddled with uh, not feeling like I was just waiting for the cracks to appear for her to realize what I currently was at that point in time. So yeah, was a, but in saying that at the same time, I was a fucking go-getter. I, I just yeah. worked hard like in, on sport. That was like where I got to prove myself and yeah, uh, I always trained hard and, and that was just where I could shine. So, yeah. so to speak. And- have you always kind of had the knack to wanted to help people get the rest, the, the sorry, the best out of themselves as well, or is it more more you, you developed in yourself and then you realised you could do it with others? Or have you always yeah. had a knack for others? Nah, I, I I don't I definitely don't think it's been an intention because I've always been in my own head. Mm-hmm. Like I you know I, I can still remember one of the first times where I got bullied was for having a high voice by a chick in primary school. I think she was in grade seven. I was in grade five or whatever. I still remember her coming up to me just to show one of her friends how high my voice yeah. was. And from that moment, that was like where I was like, well, I don't need to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I never really thought about, like I never wanted to be cruel to other people. I I always feel like I've been very compassionate and empathetic and a good listener, but that yeah. might, it may have come from um, that moment really. But, I've never been one to see myself as a leader or, you know, I'd, I guess I'd help people like most people where if you see an old person, you know, drop their groceries, you go pick them up. Or if you see someone getting picked on, you'd say something, but I'd never be like, I'm going to change your life, bro. Like never, yeah. <laughs> never saw myself as that. Cause I, I didn't understand myself. Like <laughs> I was dealing with my own demons. So when do you think you started to develop, develop some control in your own life then? When, uh, 2013, 14, like I, um, uh, you know, I was going through a whole heap of stuff, trying to work out who I was as a, as a person. And I was dealing with heart, heartache, um, failure from thought I was going to be a professional footballer forever and, you know, move back to Australia and, um, just got in with the wrong crowd and, and, you know, drugs and alcohol was sort of that thing, but I remember got in trouble, and just sitting at the bottom of the stairs at this nightclub, yeah. um, you know, I got, yeah, got in trouble. And I'm just sitting there going like, my life's not supposed to be like this. Like I felt disgusting. Yeah. Um, and I always think back, like my mum put her heart and soul and dad as well, but obviously they, they both had different roles in my development. But yeah. um, like I had every opportunity to, to make something of myself. I went, you know, got a scholarship to a great school, had great family, great parents. Yeah. Uh, and I was just being a little prick, really. And yeah. from that moment, I was like, I, you know, I don't, if I get out of trouble here, like 
let's let's fix things up because yeah. I, every time I acted in certain ways, like violent or were taking drugs or cheating, I, I never really deep down wanted to do it. And I always carried a lot of guilt and shame for it. Yeah. And I knew because of that, like, well, this isn't who I really am. So I went, you know, went on that journey to figure out what that was. And I was so lucky that a guy that I was playing footy with, who I respected uh, a lot, invited me to go to a, a personal development event. And I had no idea what that was at the time. He's like, mate, just come to this thing. This will change your life. Yeah. I promise you. And it's 25 bucks. And for me, I was like, that's a case of beer. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it was our major semifinal for footy as well. So I was like, well, if I don't play, I'm probably not going to play the grand final if we make it. But something yeah. about, about it was just like, I'm, I'm so unhappy and I hate, like I hated myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at that point where, you know, I was taking drugs all the time and I was like, if I don't wake up, I'm not worried. Like it's fine. Yeah. Wow. And um, from that, that, that event changed my life. Cause I, I, for the first time got to be put in an environment where people who were exactly like me um, yeah. <clears throat> were being supported, were being educated, were, were just excited. They had something bigger than themselves to, to work towards. And for me, I was like, I became so hungry to get after that. Yeah. And that, that was literally that one thing, that guy. And this is why for me, it's always like, I always want to give people the time of day, even just to answer a question or to take a phone call or whatever, because I could say that one thing or provide them with one book or yeah. a, a resource that could change their life. And because from that, I met a guy called Andy, who's a great mate of mine now. And he gave me the book, The Four Agreements. It's the first book. Oh, love that book. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And, and- I, I did like I'd literally finished it a month ago. I was I've done like two uh, two uh, Instagram videos about it. It's, it's, That's what, I think I commented on one of your videos about it because I was like, man, oh, you I love that book. Good. Yeah, it's wicked read, man. Like, oh, so good. With you there, like, um, what did you love about it? I loved the line that there's like a line in it which basically says like you formed these agreements from, say, an early age. It might not be verbatim this line, but it's pretty much you formed agreements from an early age. These agreements that you made can be broken at any time. And I'm like, ah, fuck, yeah. What am I doing? I'm like holding on to stuff. And I'm like, I'm in control. That's what I loved about it. Hey, it puts you back in control. Fucking The moment that you realise that the way you think, act and behave, you don't have to hold on to that. And that was it for me. Like I was literally... And I became so excited and enthused about it that that's when I started using Instagram. Okay. And I just, every time I would learn something or experience it, I just went ham. Like I was, yeah. and I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. But I was just so excited. And throughout that process, I learned to be more comfortable in front of the camera. I um, got invited to do public speaking. I learned how to write better. I'd all, whenever I'd write a post at the start, I was a terrible writer, mate. Like I was illiterate. I'm holding my phone here. Just being like, I would write a post, <laughs> send it to my missus who was a good writer, and yeah. I'd say, what do you think? And she would just completely change it and send it back, and I'd go, awesome. And then I'd learn from how she restructured it, and then over time I've gotten better at uh, writing as well. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that just sort of led to – you know what the man that can is now and how that all evolved but I, I never did any of it for anyone else by myself and the excitement that I shared around actually me being able to realize that I can be do and have more like I literally yeah. was in control of where my life was going okay um so focusing on the man that can a little bit um so yeah are you working with people for uh to getting the most of themselves in 
any area of life or is it sporting stuff? Is it workplace stuff, relationship? Is it whatever they want to work on? What, what kind of stuff do you work with them on? Yeah. Or like, like I said, I think finances is, I, finances is the one where I will never give advice or anything. I'll just say, you know, this is how I went from this yeah. to what I own now. And this is what I focus on. Here is what you should go look and get educated on from people like who are okay. at it. Yeah. Um, but everything else, like I've, you know, I can speak from experience and if what they're coming to me with, um, I've had my own experience or I've, you know, been educated on, then I'm like, yeah, for sure. Because for me, um, Jamie, as I mentioned, I f- honestly feel like fixing a lot of things comes back to a few basic principles, which is obviously emotional intelligence, yeah. um, creating a clear vision for what you want. So learning to make decisions, because I think so many men are bad at making decisions. They just don't, it's always like, you know, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> why do you, why do you feel unhappy? I don't know. It's like, yeah. well, how can we work with anything if you're not making a decision? Even if it's the wrong decision, we're, we're starting, we're taking action, we get the answers, right? And we can then move forward from there. Um, yeah. But a lot of my clients, you know, they're doing like, I work with guys who run multi, like $100 million companies to look like mainly real estate lawyers uh, and in fashion. And then a lot of our community is blokes who are 73% of our actual community in the, the, uh, strong men of value program are, are blue collar so yeah. we've got guys all over but they all want the same thing like they yeah. just want happiness and fulfillment and connection like everything that's on the outside is like well i want happiness connection and satisfaction in my relationship all right well how are you showing up what's your communication like um are you making time are you bringing stress home like what what is actually going on same with finance the same with your health all these sorts of things are you making time are you being intentional with it are you educated enough or do you need support like yeah. for me it's it's I, I haven't been stumped with anyone yet and obviously as we've spoken about before like people have shit they need to work through yeah then so you know being there to hold space to allow them to dig that up and feel comfortable with actually talking about that stuff because often we don't get the platform or the, the place to do that so uh, yeah i think um yeah i'm very fortunate from my own experiences, having done a lot of dumb stuff. And once again, I'm not the guru of everything. I'm not a guru of anything actually, but I, I feel like I can talk from experience. And I think the beautiful thing about, you know, learning from logic and learning from other people's experiences, there's so much benefit from that, but being able to share from uh, and, and provide perspective because I don't ever make people do anything, right. It's got to be their own choice, but provide perspective from, my own experiences, I can share what I was actually feeling because often that's what gets left out, right? We have that rationale or the mm. logical part of our mind. And, we, you know, there's so many fucking things out there on how to make a million bucks, on how to have a, um, a healthy body, right? There's all these things. You follow this plan, you do that. But what stops us? Mm. It's our own emotions, right? So that's why I'm a big believer in emotional intelligence is, yeah. is so powerful because that's what helps us then navigate through the logic when we're, we're stopped by fear, we're stopped by um, childhood trauma or all these other things that pop up. It's like, all right, well, you know, I'm not quite ready to get to that point in on the logical map because I've got to deal with this emotional shit here. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a great way of um, talking about it. And that, I think that um, that feeds into other things that I've I've mentioned before on this podcast. And you also mentioned meditation before as well. One of the reasons why I love meditation, consistent meditation, is because it can help um, get you out of the emotional state of your brain. 
by being mindful and say thinking about breath or whatever kind of meditation you've got, it can help you being um, from being stuck in emotional state and get you into the prefrontal cortex, which is that logical, rational, problem-solving thought um, part of your brain. And that's why I love that you're, you're talking about that as well because it's like that's that's something that I didn't realise for so long. So where I thought anger would solve all my issues and get me what I want. <laughs> uh, what anger was doing was anger served a function for a while, but it was keeping me in that emotional state of my brain, but it was not where rational thought was. Rational thought is going to get me to be more successful, more happy, more happy, more content, not being stuck in the mid part, the mid part of my brain. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing up that as well. I think it's, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely important to, like I truly believe that I read a really good quote. I was actually trying to find it before. Yeah. I remember who posted it, but it's like no one's ever died um, from feeling an emotion, but people yeah. have died from trying to avoid them. Yeah. And I think because like there's obviously stigmas around certain emotions, like men don't cry or um, people think oh, if I'm depressed, I'm broken, or if I'm feeling this, I'm a sook or um, I'm a wimp. It's like, nah, man, feel them. Like learn yeah. to f- get comfortable feeling them. But going off with what you were saying with the meditation as well, I think as a bloke, like I was always so weirded out by meditation because I just had this idea that it was people who were in Byron Bay smoking spliffs and um, <laughs> and that's the people who, like the hippies did meditation. And yeah. I, it wasn't until I really started to understand what it was there for and what it could actually give you. And it's really hard, you know, from my experience, I read a lot of, and I understand a lot about meditation and the benefits, but it's not until I've actually, you know, done like three months of consistent meditation where I've really felt the benefit. It's like one of those things that I, you know, I don't miss on a daily basis if I forget to do it or if I don't prioritize time to do it. Yeah. But when I do do it, that the impact it has on my day is profound. Like it's huge. Yeah. And yeah, it's that consistency. You're not going to get it much out of like, say, or someone who's just starting meditation. They're not going to get a whole lot out of a week. It needs to be a month. It needs to be two months. It needs to be three. That's, it needs to be, and it doesn't have to be every day, but it needs to be like a consistent, you know, at a pretty consistent rate. I think that's what some people don't realize. So, yeah. Um, and it, I think is a great other, um, have you ever read Stillness is, is Stillness is a Key by Ryan Halliday? No, I haven't. A fantastic book. He's one of my favorite writers, but yeah. um, he talks about like in stillness is the keys because some people don't want to meditate. Some people don't like meditating, but um, meditation ultimately gives you stillness, right? As you said, like focusing on your breath or <clears throat> being able to see what's going through your mind. But there's many other ways you can do that, like going for a walk, yeah. um, being in flow, even like me on a surfboard or on a skateboard. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's that, all you're thinking about. Yeah. It's like, it's the most incredible experience. I love it. Like I love it. And it might be having a coffee, watching the sunrise. Like as well, I think for, for people, like it's a great way to get introduced to med- like what meditation can feel like. And then obviously if you enjoy what that feels like, you know, that, that peace of mind and the flow st- sort of feeling, it's like, cool, then go explore meditation. Cause that's more intentional. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked that you brought up meditation. Can I ask what kind of meditation do you do you find? Do you Man, like? I, I um so I'm I brain tap. I don't know whether you've ever heard of brain tap. No. Um, incredible device that the one of my mates uh, purchased. It's like a guided visualization thing, but it's done through technology as well. It's like a um, it's in my bedroom, but it's like okay. the headsets that we're wearing. And then you put these um, 
things over your eyes and it gets into your um, brain, like your brainwaves. So it'll help you go through Delta, Alpha, Beta, all those sorts of brainwaves and really help you get into a deeper state of consciousness. But then there's all these, like he's got an app and you can go through and you can learn about wealth creation, sales, you can anxiety, um, diet, like all these things. And it helps take you on this journey through it, but it gets you in that meditative state, which may take you 15, 20 minutes through meditation to get in. It gets you in that within three to five minutes. I've done a podcast with the founder. It's incredible Um, um, where he talks about that. So I utilize that a lot because I love, as I've said to you before, like I love visualization. If I'm struggling with something, I want to find something that's going to help sort of guide me through that stage. Um, But also every morning I'll just do 10 minutes um, on the couch. I'll use Calm a bit, like the app called Calm, and they'll have some guided meditation where I just sit there and it just helps me focus on my breathing. There's other days where I feel really irritated and I'll just go sit on the balcony and watch the sunrise and just focus on breath. Okay. Yeah. I love, I'm just, I'm still in the one I've been on, like say pretty strongly the last 80 months where it's breathing in for a certain amount of time, holding for a certain amount of time, breathing out for a certain amount of time, but I'm at a good level. I'm yep. at a, I've, I've, it's taken me a lot. It's like 18 months to get to this level, but I'm on the, search for it to add another one in as well so yeah i'll uh i'll have to hit you i actually i'll have to listen to the episode where you talk about it that'll be unreal oh, it's like episode 275 or three but okay. it, honestly i've been using this device for like two years yeah. and i've read all the website of you know understood but when he the way he explained it on i was like because they've got studies utilizing this tool yeah um, helping kids with um autism Mm-hmm. I've learned to be able to speak. Uh, there was some other studies I've done with like Alzheimer's and dementia. And like yeah. they've got all these brains because it's a big company now. Um, okay. But it, it, for me, I'm like, I need that in my life regularly because I want to stay sharp. I want to stay focused. I want to, you know, really get the most out of my brain. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, so when, when a, a possible new client comes to you, like, how do you start working with them? What kind of things do you talk with them about? Like what kind of, what do you need to find out about their life to, to know whether you can work with them or not? Well, it's super simple to start with. Like generally um, when someone comes with me, uh, sorry, comes to, to have a yarn, it's like I want to find out what's going on in their life currently and where they want to get to. Like it's that simple. Yeah. Because if, if I can relate or resonate with where they're at, yeah. Um, and I can offer some some feedback or advice. And if I have an idea of where they want to get to, it's like, cool. But most people don't even know where they want to get to. Okay. Even, um, you know, I've been calling a lot of the guys that are joining one of our workshops and a lot of them just have no direction around what they want or what happiness means to them. I'm like, well, that's where you got to start. You got to start making some decisions around where you want to get to. Yeah. It doesn't matter how out of reach it may feel or anything like that. It's just let's make some decisions. Then we can build a plan. Okay. Um, and then from that, like that quick conversation, you know, that'll generally go 15 minutes. Yeah. If I feel like I can add some value to them, like, and, and I'm, you know, one, I got to connect with them. Like if I feel um, like I'd have a beer with them, that's always what I, if I would have a beer with you, I'll work with you. If not, okay. then I'll refer you to someone else just because I've had clients years ago where I was, it just became hard work and I don't ever want it to be like that because it's got, that's the most important thing to get a result in my opinion and vice versa. Like I want them to feel, comfortable with me and then yeah. we'll book in for a, like a more in-depth call where we'll go through a whole heap of stuff it's like getting clear on obviously what they want to get what stopped them getting there yeah. uh, limiting beliefs negative emotions what 
you know, how much time they have. Because I think a lot of people as well, they want to create change, but they don't even understand where their time's going. Yeah. They don't understand where your time's going. It's really hard to, to add things in. As I was saying earlier, like people always are looking to add to their life rather than subtract. Yeah. And so the, one of the first things I ever do with people is like, well, let's look at your, your, where your time's going. Let's chunk your time. Mm-hmm. And like for me, it's what are your non-negotiables? So obviously all of us have got to work. Or yeah. Majority of us have to work. Now, if you've got family time, for me, non-negotiables, health, it's my morning routine, yeah. spending time with my partner. Like these are all non-negotiables and I schedule them in my calendar and then I find out where my free time is. Uh-huh. <clears throat> From that moment, it's like, well, cool. I can learn something new. I might learn the guitar. I might be learning French or I might add a podcast in there, whatever it is. Like that's what I choose to do with that free time. Yeah. And for people, um, you know, obviously as you get older and you take on a mortgage or you have children, your time, your, your, your focus and priorities go elsewhere. So I, it is potentially harder to find that time. Whereas I'm in a very fortunate position where I don't have kids at the moment. So I've, you know, I can create free time out of thin air. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but it's then looking at people with, with it like that and going like, well, this is really what it's going to take to, <clears throat> for you to achieve that. Can you commit to that? Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, I don't have the time where I do. And if you do, yeah. uh, if you don't, it's like, well, are you prepared to sacrifice anything there? Like a short-term sacrifice, whether it's over, 12 weeks or whatever it is in order to achieve that. Are you like, because I think people often neglect that they set a goal and they don't look at anything else going on in their life. And obviously when you shake your life up too much, it becomes uncomfortable and frantic and people fall off the wagon. Whereas I simplify things to make sure that you can guarantee yourself you're going to get progress. Okay. Um, Yeah. What would you say uh, for the people that you've worked with, say, uh, I guess the whole time, is there common standouts of barriers for people that are holding them back to what they want to get? Is there common things? Is it emotional things? Is it what, you, what kind of stuff do you see? Yeah. Uh, the first one is honestly structure. Like people have people ownership. Like people don't take ownership for most things in their life. Uh-huh. They're at the effect of their job. You know, they're working too many hours and not getting paid enough. Mm-hmm. The effect of what's going on in their relationship or my missus doesn't understand that I work late because of this, that, and the other. They're yep. the effect of their own mind because they go, I'm just, you know, people cling to things that are going on in their head, you know, and rather than going, look, that may be there, but what can I do to either um, manage it or overcome it? Yep. And so people aren't taking ownership and that's often the, the cause. It's like a lot of the uh, wealthier people that I work with are at the effect of their business, right? And it's, yeah. it's ruining other areas of their life. <clears throat> but that comes down to, like I said, structure. Like they have no structure and direction with what they actually want from their life. And that's why I'm a big believer in those eight areas because most blokes are good protect, uh, providers. Yeah. They try to climb the ladder and earn money, but they fucking suck at everything else. Okay. So, um, and then obviously what comes with that is the emotional intelligence. There's so many men running around and the reason for everyone listening, I work with men. So that's why I always say men, but this can work for, for women as well. Yeah. Um, is there's so many men that are running around just as big boys. Like I, I think back to tribal days, there was always like a rite of passage or, um, you know, parents were out hunting and gathering or cooking and you would be looked after by your grandparents. That doesn't happen anymore. We yeah. go from being looked after to then getting in a relationship and then generally your partner looks after you from, you know, that's just what happens because we don't take responsibility. So eventually most um, 
someone in the relationship goes, well, you know, I got to care for this person because people are empathetic and people are caring. Yeah. And there's these big boys who don't know how to um, regulate or understand their emotions and they, they carry on and do a lot of dumb shit that they regret, which has them in a point where they feel like life's couldn't get any worse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that uh, once again, that emotional intelligence and structure are two of the biggest things, but you know, that could lead on to confidence yeah. lacking life purpose and direction. Like that's sort of that ripple effect. Uh, I'm not sure if you said them before. What are the eight areas that you work with again? What are, what we, are they? We got, um, you're testing me here, mate. No, we got uh, mental and emotional health. Yeah. Finances. Yeah. Physical health. Yeah. Relationships. And so yeah. intimate relationship. Then you got friends and family. Cause obviously some people have good relationships with their families and friends. Some don't. Yeah. Lifestyle. Um, what am I at? Six, seven, two more. Lifestyle. So what we got? Uh, uh, a mission. So like life purpose and mission. Yeah. And I'm just going to bring it up on Instagram because it's easier. <laughs> annoying. Well, well uh, I'll just I'll I'll just edit around it. You're saying it all in one go. <laughs> oh, mate, it's all good. I get stuck. I put you on the spot. Sorry, man. So I always forget what I have said and haven't said, but it's all good. Um, here we go. And now I'll go growth and spirituality. How do, okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And so they're the, they're the eight areas that we look at. Good stuff. That's, that's, so in someone that's got, as someone that comes to you, sorry, do they need to have in each of those eight areas their shit sorted or, or how, how does it work? Do you just look for the areas that are probably in need most of some work? Yeah, I think most people know, but I always get people, I got a, like what I call a lifestyle report card, which goes through <clears throat> those eight areas and you'll rate, you'll score yourself out of 10 and that'll give you an overall well-being scorecard, like score out of 80. Okay. And so they'll go through that and obviously they'll see which ones are lacking for them. And then the next question would be, right, I will, out of those, if you could focus on one to maximum three, but you know, if you've never set goals or you've never um, intentionally work to improve your life one is more than enough because it can be quite overwhelming right it can be quite challenging and you just want to nail one to prove that it's possible yeah. but out of those scores like even if say for example um relationships are a three yep i would then say well if you were to improve your relationships to a five or even a four over the next month or 12 weeks would that have a significant impact in your life and for some people it may for others they're like i'm not even worried about a relationship right now yeah they might go Bro, for me, the next thing is I just want to get my mates back or I want to get my physical health back. Yeah. So they go, cool. So for me, it's identifying which one. And like I said at the start of this, for me, while I was dealing with all these other challenges, I didn't have it broken down, but I knew for me, I just needed to get my mental, like my head sorted yeah. and my finances sorted. Because if I did that, that would then allow me the time and the emotional capacity to then work on the other things. Yeah. I, I don't believe it's possible to work on all of them at once. I think there's, you know, all of everyone's got busy lives, but I think uh-huh. in the long term, and I was only talking about this uh, earlier, yeah. in the long term, I believe we can nail all of it. Like over the next okay. 10, 20, 30 years, because of um, efficiency, compound effect of knowledge and, and resources and all that sort of stuff. But at the beginning, like when I started <clears throat> trying to make money, I was working from 5 a.m. till like 9 to 11 p.m. at night just on my business. Okay. I sacrificed my, I didn't train for two years. I was a skinny little dweeb. Yeah. Like, um, 
rarely spent time with my missus, but I was trying to justify what I was trying to learn. So I made a lot of sacrifices in the short term for like three to four years just to really get that knowledge base. I was podcasting back then before podcasting was cool. Like I was recording yeah. my phone and uploading it on an app called Anchor. That's why if you guys listen to my early ones, they're cringeworthy. But I was just having a crack. And then once I you know, understood money and I sort of got a thing, I experienced a compound effect. So <clears throat> in order, you know, what used to take me years to make 10 grand, I could now make really quickly or what, you know, within a relationship, when I would experience that, that space where you're like, oh, something's not right here in the relationship. I can now pick up on that a lot better because I understand myself, my own wants, needs and desires, and I can understand my partner's wants, needs and desires. So therefore yeah. I can overcome that a lot quicker. Okay. And that's why I think moving forward, like there's still areas that I'm not a pro in. Yeah. And I've got to spend a lot of time on, but I think once that I, you know, short-term sink into it, whether it's, you know, five years or whatever, and really get good at it, I think in 10, 20 years time, I'll be able to get cool or I'll have people in place to, to help me. Yeah. Okay. I'm really, um, I'm really interested. What, what was, um, or maybe what, what was one event or maybe, you know, significant events in your life that made you realize that you needed to start making some changes? looking back there was like a million I think there was so many warning signs but I did I just put my head in the sand and I think if you know when you put your head in the sand you think a few days have passed and you're a different person you'll change and you don't yeah um uh, you know the most significant for me was that that event where I got in a a a fight and it didn't end very well and that was that moment where I felt disgusting but I would also you know Every, a whole heap. It was just like everything bubbled up at once. You know, I got, um, had just got back with a partner who I'd been cheating on. Yeah. And then a week later they'd found out I cheated again. So all these things were bubbling up and the only person that was really left to blame was myself. Yeah. And, but knowing what I now know, like I'd been cheating since I was fucking 13 or 14. I'd been lying, manipulating, doing all this stuff for such a long time, but I just wasn't prepared to sit there and face it. And that's why with a lot of people, like even when I'm looking to work with people, you can tell when people are bullshitting or not. Mm-hmm. And some people might come to see me because their wife said, I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I'm not working with you just because your wife said, you've got to be here for yourself. Yeah. And it's, a, it's the most confronting thing to ever do. Like for me, and even for myself, the, I got freedom from talking on social media. I got freedom from having a podcast because I've been able to talk about everything that I've experienced, the, the awesome stuff that I've done, the dumb stuff that I've done, the things that I regret, the things that I, um, how I hurt people and conversations that I still haven't fixed. Like it's just been so free. Like freeing is the only word I can use to describe it, but yeah. Um, I, yeah, I had to have that final moment to sit there and feel disgusting and realize that, you know, a lot of people have put time and money into me and I, I, deep down know I'm better than the way that I'm conducting myself. I just needed the right people around me to help me get there. I needed a few quick wins on the board and I I needed a new environment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And the other thing I'm super interested in about you, if there's say one thing, if there's three things, five things, whatever it is in your day, what do you like to do the most that, uh, as we talked about before, it kind of anchors you to make you feel, make you feel ready. What like, and is it things you do, um, maybe things you do in the morning, things you do at nighttime, but what, how, what helps you the most be, uh, I guess a high performer. Cause you've got to be a high performer to help others be high right. performers. Yeah. Yeah. My morning routine, man. Like if I, if I skip it, 
my day is nowhere near as intentional and productive. Like, so I start like, like we spoke about <clears throat> before 4am. Yep. And if like, if I listen to my body and I feel like I'm very in tune with my body, if I've been working hard, training hard, yep. working late, I'll, yep. I will sleep in and I'll yep. minimize the time that I spend on my morning routine because I know how important sleep is, but my morning routine, I yep. get up, I drink a glass of water. I put the coffee. I'm actually off coffee now, but this is for two days. I'm, as I might be back on tomorrow, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to stay off the caffeine. Yeah. Um, I'll do my meditation. Yeah. And I'll fill out my game. Like I have a 12 week game plan we get for the boys, which is gratitudes, intentions, and, and, and focus. So I know what I'm looking to achieve for the day. I know what I've got coming up for the day and what, how I want to show up. Okay. Um, and then I read. I love reading because I feel empowered. I learn and I feel like I've got more value to add. Yeah. And that's, cool. that's me good to go. And then obviously the second or it's still equally as important. Like I need to spend time with my missus. Like I need just a 10 minute conversation where I feel, cause it helps me feel, I love that. Like that connections, like I crave it. Yeah. So they're like my, everything else, you know, I train every day. It's non-negotiable. Yeah, get sunlight. I do. I do a lot of things, but like the top two would be that morning routine and then that conversation. Yeah. Okay. That's that's really cool. I think um, you'd be similar to me. I'd say like there's just there's something really um, empowering about getting up early, but also that there's uh, I've, I'm fairly like convinced with my whole body. I guess that it produces anxiety because you're making yourself ready. Like you're giving yourself like another two hours, or for some people that might get out of bed at seven a.m. and we're getting out of bed most of the time, say four a.m. or whatever it is, we're giving ourselves so much more time, and so it, it like literally reduces my anxiety. So for any person that's listening, if it's a, if you're a man, if you're a woman, whatever, however you're feeling, if you get anxious, if you get anxious, and you're like, oh, I couldn't get up early, I'd, but maybe that's just because you've never tried it before. Yeah. Like maybe you've lived your life getting out of bed late or going to bed too late. There's just something really special. Maybe you're genuinely not someone who likes to get up early. Fair enough. But give it a shot if you haven't before. There's something really powerful about it. And I, it's, it. I think, yeah, I think as well, part of that empowering feeling that comes with it, there's days where you don't want to get out of bed. Like it could be yeah. cold. You could feel really tired and you're like, oh, I should hit snooze today. And it's like, just getting that quick win is is so empowering. I think for as you said to anyone listening, like if it's not what you're used to, it's going to suck. It will yeah. suck for a couple of weeks. Yeah. But it, I think it's really important to understand why you want to do it. Like for as you said, Jamie, like I love knowing I've got three hours on most people. Like yeah. People are waking up when I'm already flying through the day. <laughs> like that makes me feel good. Oh. And I also uh, love the peace of the morning. Yeah. Like it's it's beautiful. Yeah. I, I, there's something, there's something really powerful about having that, um, that feeling that, you know, you're doing something special. I love it. Oh man. Like a lot of people aren't willing to do, and you know what, maybe, maybe not willing to do it because they don't really want to, they don't really need it for what they want. But I guess if some, if people are listening to this now, if you're hearing this, that you could be hearing it for a reason, give it a shot. And as I said, if, if you're saying to yourself, I couldn't do that, well, as I said, maybe it's just because you've just never tried it before. And just because you've never tried something before doesn't mean you can't do it. So at 100%, I, there's probably nothing that I do more other than, say, exercising, eating well and all that. But uh, there's probably nothing that I do more that I would actually want people to at least try. There's something beautiful about it. Like, like literally I feel 
when you get up in the morning, it's like you're 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 up before the birds, and then you're you're up before say an hour and a half before even the sun comes up. Like that is so beautiful. I love that so much. Anyway, you, you maybe you and I could do an episode on getting up at four a.m. Yeah. one day. Do you have? But did you always get up at four a.m. or is that no, something no, you no. like condition yourself to do? Uh, I something that's um. There was a year in 2017 uh, where that year I didn't do great in uni, and yeah. I needed to make I needed to do something different so I could in, um, one day start uh, start getting the good marks to then um, get into the honors program that I'm in now because you've got to yeah. get decent mark. And I'm like, I need to start putting in way more energy, not just uni, but in or in time into into life in general, but particularly uni. I want to focus on that. So I started getting up at 4, 4.30 and, I, and that's what I would do. I would study before I went to work. And then my grades went from, from passes to credits to distinctions and high distinctions in like one or two years. That wouldn't have happened otherwise. And then um, I haven't done it every day since, but since 2018, pretty much it's uh, it's been pretty good. Um, pretty consistent and you know as I said I'm human sometimes I don't do it but then if you just say if you didn't do it for a week or a few days or a couple of weeks you bring yourself back to it and oh where has this been I love this so much (laughs) yeah 100% it's one of those I think it is one of those things I you may not really notice if you sleep in a little bit like I do notice because it really helps me but when maybe what you're starting out like you may not notice that those sleep ins but over a long period of time you'll see as you said, your results will change dramatically by being intentional and and yeah. getting up early. So what what you I think there's there's so many facets to it. But what I love about it is the most is like for one you're doing one of the things is yeah you're doing something that a lot of other people won't do. But you're saying to the saying to the world you're putting an energy out, and I guess you know because you're putting that energy out, you're going to get that back. Is I'm ready and I and I'm going to be fucking successful. That's that's what I love about it. Hundred percent. You got to do what. Other, <laughs> what's the the saying? Like, do what others won't to get what others won't. I don't even know what it is. It's something. Yeah. That sounds. Okay, yeah. What I get. <laughs> that's uh, that, that's the the general. Yeah, I get it. I, I've I've heard. I've, I reckon I've heard the one what you're talking about. It's uh, yeah. I love I love that kind of stuff. It's just it's just there's so many facets to it. But um, it, like yeah, it gives you extra time. It makes you feel good. There's probably there's just a special buzz that you get. Um, so many facets to it. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. Actually, that brings me back to another point that I didn't. Uh, I didn't properly get your answer on before. What was your favourite part of the four agreements? Be impeccable with your word, because I think for such a long time, I hadn't been. I uh-huh. just said it loosely, and I, I was always a yes man, but I never followed through. So it was yeah. just like, well, now, like everything that you say has merit to it. Like you need yep. to back it up. So, and it also goes back to what we've discussed previously, like about setting boundaries and stuff. Like yeah. if I'm going to say I'm not going to drink and I say that to someone, then back it up. Don't be the guy who's like, no, I'm not drinking. And then next me, you got the rubber arm, like, which is what <laughs> used to happen. So yeah. <clears throat> that was, you know, huge for me because I was yeah. always full of shit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, I love that part too. I think that they said that was one of the most powerful ones, didn't they? Yeah, I think, you know, um, yeah, that's the 100% book recommend, 100% one of my most uh, favorite book recommendations for people, and it's also a great audio book as well, which is obviously the way that I read it. So I can highly recommend the audio book. Five Agreements now, isn't there? Is it really? Yeah, I haven't read it, but I'm pretty sure I saw it on Audible the other week. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. let's check that out. 
Yeah, I don't know what it is, but yeah, I did see it by Don Miguel. So okay, all right, I'll have to check it out. Hey, um, Lucky Stewart, you've been an amazing guest, mate. I, I love chatting to you. Thanks so much for having having me on, mate. And I knew from that first time we connected on uh, Instagram, we'd have a have a great yarn. Yeah, I, I love I love connecting with people like yourself. Such like, I guess like minded people we want to get the best out of ourselves. We want to get the, help others to get the best out of themselves. Um, it's yeah, it's such an easy chat. Like assuming it's one of the first times we've really properly chatted. So, yeah, it's been really cool. So um, people listening to this can get, jump over and uh, listen to Lockie's Lockie's podcast, which is the Man at Ken Project. Yep, the Man at Ken Project. Yeah, and uh, you're on um, social media. Uh, what, what, what are you on, on social media? Again? I, got, I got obviously the Man at Cam Project, but I'm more active on Lachlan Stewart. Lachlan Stewart, okay. Uh, and I'll put I'll put links to um, both your uh, your Instagram and Facebook things, and uh, and it links to your um, podcast as well. I, I was actually one of the episodes I was listening to today was. Um, I think what your second last one about you know, the, controlling your emotions. Oh, uh, yeah. Really cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really cool. I can considering it's like it's in that when I just recorded one of yours and one of the uh, what we've discussed in this one is it's kind of really quite similar. So I'm like I've re- I'm like oh yeah that's a good one for us to, for me to listen to. So I'm sure we're going to jump into some emotional stuff and it's it's been a lot of what we've talked about. Yeah, it's been so, awesome. Um, so yeah, anyone listening to this, jump and jump over to that lucky stuff. He's he's got some fantastic stuff on there, and people will definitely get something about. It. He puts up some great stuff, nearly a daily basis too on on Instagram. So I love watching this stuff, mate. So uh, as I said once again, thank you so much for for, for jumping on. It's been really cool. Mate, and I I just appreciate you having me on. And as I said, you're an awesome communicator, and it was a brilliant conversation. I love everything that you're doing, and I. I'm excited to continue to see you do incredible things, mate, because you definitely, the work that you're doing is fucking epic. Like it's, re- it's really needed. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll chat you again soon, mate. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Remember to subscribe on Apple, follow on Spotify, and I'm on Instagram as well if you go follow me there too. I look forward to chatting with you next time.